Hello, welcome to the Finnish Football Show. Today it's our great pleasure to welcome an absolute legend of the women's game, a serial winner who's lifted two Bundesliga titles in her time with German giants Bayern Munich and three Finnish championships at FC Honka, an experienced international who played no small part in getting Helmerich to Euro 2020. Welcome to the Finnish Football Show, Tinja Rika Korpela. Kiitos, thank you very much. Very good pronunciation with my name. It's not the easiest one, so well done. I've, I've I find the and I, I find the biggest challenge is when there's a r sound in the middle of a word. I have to sort of bounce at it to wrap yeah. my wrap my tongue around it. But um, at the beginning, it's not too bad. So maybe um, as I, as I got that so as I got that one so good, maybe we'll stick with Tinny from now on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so, fine. Um, so, Tinny, hey, Moika, thanks for taking the time for joining us today. Um, we got in touch with you a little while ago, just after Helmerit had qualified for Euro 2020. And I'm so pleased that we've finally found an opportunity to talk to you. And, um, yeah, I'm also pleased that my questionable Finnish language skills didn't put you off when I saw you last weekend. So, um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you, guys. This is... Uh, I, I have been... Waiting for this, actually. Yeah, I, I promised a long time ago to came, to come here. So finally, we had the opportunity. Yeah. No, By the I way, Euro 2022 is yeah. the woman's... What did I say? I think you said 2020. Oh, oh there we go. <laughs> it's a bit confusing with all the changing of changing of numbers and playing in we, different we, years. But we'll this is one that's... COVID. Yeah. yeah, no worries. Oh, so yeah, I just wanted to start by saying a, a big congratulations for the for the qualification that was achieved back in February. Um, the 2022 tournament will be your personal hat trick of Euros, following your appearances at 2009 and Euro 2013. Um, how does it feel, Tinny, to have qualified for this latest tournament, um, especially after you missed out on 2017? Yeah, it was a really big thing to qualify for the Euro. Like you said, especially when we missed the 27 editions that we have had, we have had not not in even close to to qualify for the World Cup. So I, at some point, I thought I have played my last uh, last Euro tournament already. But but then when we quite soon when we started this campaign, I, I realized that this team has something special, and 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 I realized that that we're gonna we're gonna actually go there like we did. Yeah, I mean, um, as I said in the int- introduction, you played a massive part in the qualification, conceding only two goals throughout the whole campaign. Obviously, football's a team game, but but as a goalkeeper, you must be immensely proud of of those stats. I mean, six clean sheets from eight games is is quite something, and the only goals you did concede were a penalty and and an own goal. So, how do you feel about your your own performance across the qualifying campaign? So yeah, of course I am a proud of that as a goalkeeper. Of course, keeping the clean sheet is is usually the the priority for for me. My goal in the games that means we we get at least one bo- point. But especially in this campaign, I mean, I didn't even need to do many big saves in in the games. Our our defending was was so solid. All the way, all the way from the strikers, they did their job, and and to our backline as well. So it was 
almost quite easy and very comfortable to play behind that that team. Yeah, the um, the journey to Euro 2022 started with the winning the double header against Albania and then another big win over Cyprus. Um, a few months ago, we spoke to another member of your Helmarit goalkeepers union, um, Paula Muluoya, and she told us that she was personally quite confident of qualification before a ball was even kicked. Can can you say that you felt the same, or or did your confidence grow after the initial wins? I would say my confidence growed through the campaign. Like, of course, in the beginning of the qualification, you're always being optimistic and uh, it's 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 difficult to say what's going to happen and of course you hope for the best but but i have to say that quite quite soon when the campaign started and we we started really well like you said and and uh, we grew together as a team every camp by camp game by game so it was quite soon that i realized like i said in the beginning that this this team will will definitely make it to the euros yeah, I mean, after those initial wins, a, a decent point away to Portugal followed. Um, in that game, Linda Salstrom scored a, a 90th minute equaliser. And we've mentioned before when we spoke about the road to Euro 2022 that this wasn't to be the last late goal scored by Finland in this campaign. And the mentality of your team to keep on pushing right to the final whistle was was evident to see. Um is that mentality to to dig deep something that you guys have worked on, or does it come naturally to players like yourself at, at the top of their game? Well, definitely, this is something new. <laughs> In I wouldn't say that it's typical Finland that we score these kind of late goals, but I mean now it is, I guess. <laughs> but it's it's I think it tells a lot about this team. We, we never give up. We always fight until the end and even more if necessary. And, and of course, we got that important equalizer goal in the Portugal away game. And we were so disappointed after the game, you know, because we wanted to win that game. But then later on, we realized that actually that one point was, was so crucial and, and important. So that... that that helped us in the games later on, even though we were struggling in some games and we couldn't score and the opponent was pushing uh, attacks against us. But we know that, yeah, it's as long as there's any minutes or even any seconds left in, in, the, in the time. So we, we always have a chance and... and so I guess now it is a new, new Finnish thing to do. Yeah, it's a, it's a new phenomenon for Finland to be scoring those those late goals. Yeah. And it's, it's it's really good to see. I mean... It's a good habit course, to get into, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, we have been laughing with the girls. Like, it's it's better to do the goal in just in the end so the, the other team doesn't have any more time to <laughs> That's do it. anything else with it. That's yeah. it. I mean, after that um, great Portugal away game, we had to wait the best part of a year to to resume the campaign. And then there were two crucial wins over Scotland. Those came to putting us within touching distance of the tournament. Um, the away game particular sticks in the memory with another late goal coming as Amanda Rantanen scored in spectacular fashion. 
I think it's fair to say that the um, the Scotland goalie would have felt felt pretty bad after first of all her indecision and then her little slip allowed Amanda the time she needed to get her shot away, and then the way the ball made it into the back of the net was was just absolutely crazy. I mean, what was your overriding emotion, Thinley, as you you watched from the other end of the pitch, as as a goalie yourself, can you have any sympathy for your counterpart seeing that goal at the back of the net? <laughs> no, sorry, no sympathy. <laughs> this time for the for the goalkeeper for for goalkeeper Scottish goalkeeper, but uh, yeah, I remember Scotland was having quite a good pressure on us in the end, and they were in our box, and we were just hoping the referee to to blow the whistle and to get one point that sounded very good at that point and to get a waypoint from Scotland but yeah then I saw okay Amanda is is one against one with the goalkeeper and okay we, we can actually win this game and and but yeah I, I think I couldn't believe what I'm seeing when when the ball actually actually went to the goal like I was like is is this really happening but yeah it was and and won't forget that goal for sure. Never, ever. No, Those that are listening, uh, KK just wanted to remind that this is the one where the, there was a shot that then deflected back off of Amanda Antonin's face before going into the back of the net. We have talked about this fairly fairly regularly over the last yeah. year, but just for anyone we're, listening who doesn't remember. We're calling it a header, by the way. They, Sorry, um, well, it's all part of the head, isn't it? No, that's yeah. it. We're, that's it. A very good header, like from... From uh, high to the low, like we say. Yes. <laughs> That's it, yeah. If you head it down, you can't go wrong. Yeah. That's it. It's also so, interesting to hear that the this goalkeeper's union doesn't stretch as far north as Scotland. Um, <laughs> or, or maybe it's within your own, it's, it's a union within your own country, players. It is, yeah. definitely, definitely. I mean, our goalkeeper trio in the, in the national, national team has been so good and 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 it's like I said yeah it's a team effort and and I feel we are a team inside the team like we we are sticking together and uh, Paula and Anna has been supporting me so well and I, I I know it's tough for them not to get so many games but I try to cheer them as well and I know know it's hard but it's it's in this team everyone wants wants to be in part no matter if you play or not of course everyone wants to play that's that's obvious but but unfortunately that's not that's not possible but it's it's so important that we have two uh two other good goalkeepers and i, I know i can always count on them and and no, no matter whether no matter what happens so any one of us can play and play a very good level yeah after that, after that crazy Scotland game, there was a, another resilient and aggressive defensive performance that came in the Portugal home game. And yet another late goal from Linda Salstrom. And that goal finally cemented your place at Euro 2022. The, um, the scenes at the end of that game were absolutely amazing. The, as you said, it's, it's a squad game and the whole squad and all of the staff, they all pretty much ran onto the pitch as as Linda's lob shot hit the back of the net and the celebrations on the pitch at the final whistle were were absolutely fantastic. I mean, can you try, Tinny, please, to just sum up your feelings from that evening, knowing that that, that lob shot from Linda had 
made you guys qualify with with a game to spare. Yeah, yeah, I remember that day very well. Like all the way from from the morning when I woke up, I felt like okay, this is it. Today we are gonna take the spot to the Euros, even though we we had still one one match to go and we didn't even need to win. But but I know, but I knew that like yeah, I had such a good feeling. The camp was so good and. And it's a, it was a pity that there was no audience in that game because of the COVID rules. But but still, there was some people actually cheering outside the stadium at the Olympic Stadium um, rocks, you know. Yeah. So I, they were at the second half. They were quite. They were behind me, and I could hear them. And when Linda scored, I I I turned to them, and I I feel like I I celebrated with them. So I got the got the connection to the fans which was so cool and that actually some people went there to watch the game and even though in the middle of the the winter in in Finland and <laughs> and but yeah it was it was something such a special night we, we yeah. focused on a few interesting occurrences of fans going outside of games and and finding innovative ways to watch the game uh i myself watched about a third of a game. I mean, I was there for the whole match, but I could only see about a third of the pitch. When one Where of are you Ash- there? This was Asikor, one of their first... Was it oh. Hoifkor? Um, the first Vekos Liga game of the season at home. And it was ridiculous. We we wanted to cheer for the team, but at half-time I realised that I'm a 47-year-old man. I've probably got better things to do with my life than <laughs> yeah. partly watching a, watching a game. Um but yeah, it's, 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 the fans just want to be there and even in the yeah. spirit to, to cheer you on. Yeah, uh, so great. So great that you heard those guys who were outside cheering you guys on and and that you were able to sort of give them a scream back when you saw that goal go in. I'm sure they heard it from, from out there on the rocks. It, it must have been absolutely amazing. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. You, you secured your place with that game to spare, but the way that you guys went to... Put, put Cyprus to the sword in the final group game really shows your professionalism and your relentlessness. I mean, was there ever a chance of you guys taking it easy or, or taking your foot off the gas in that final game? Or is that something that yourselves as players and, and your staff would just not allow? Uh, yeah, well, of course, we took our foot a little bit from the gas. I mean, we we, we were already at, at the Euros. We had such a good, good night and then Quite quite easy though. Everyone went to bed early. We were some some players were having an even training next morning. I mean that was our our kind of way to celebrate. I mean we were tired from the game and but but um, yeah then we went to Cyprus and everyone were like easy chilled and but we we wanted to play that game and play that with a good good uh, intensity and. Of course, that was also the first first match of our preparation for the Euros. So it's going to be a big competition with the spots in the team. So, yeah, everyone wanted to show their best. And, uh, of course, we wanted to to end the campaign in a good way, to win and to keep the clean sheet again. So it was no doubt that, that we wouldn't take that game seriously. No, it's, it really goes to show your your professionalism and um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's something really to be uh, upheld. Uh, it, it's it's amazing the way that you guys went about your business. Um, there's a bit of momentum talk- as well, though, isn't there, to be carried into yeah. now these World Cup qualifiers. It's, it's interesting to be playing qualifiers for the next competition before this one's even finished. But that, the team had to keep that going too. Yeah, this is something special, definitely, to play World Cup qualifications now before the Euros. But at the same time, it's really good to get good... Um, like real games at this point, you know, usually it would be only some friendlies and that's like, we all know it's, it's different when we're actually playing from, for the three points. So it's, it's something different, but I think it's a, just a good thing to have these qualification games, you know, to, to prepare us for the Euros. Yeah. It keeps that real momentum going. It does. It does. Yeah. If, um, if we can talk a bit about your own personal story now, Dindy, you were, you were born in Oulu in the in the 1980s. I mean, um, fans now are obviously aware of Arce Oulu in Veikkaus Liga, but Arce Oulu grew out of a merger of a few clubs, one of which I believe was Oulun Luistanseura, which is where yeah. you started playing. But um, can you tell us when and how your passion for football first began? Quite early, I would say. As as long as I remember, there have, there has been footballs and all kind of balls around me and of course my both of my bigger brothers older brothers played football when they were younger and my dad was coaching so of course we were and we are a sport family and also my mom and sister they they haven't played football but some other sports and and like to watch sport football a lot so it as, as long as I remember, there has been like balls around me at home. So I have been pretty much as soon, as soon as I started to walk, I guess I've been kicking kicking and running with the ball. And yeah, I was six when I started to play in a team. Like I said, my dad was, was coaching and he was go, coaching a boys team of that age. So I joined that team at the time in Oulu. There wasn't any girls team at my age. So that's why I, I started to play with, with the boys, which I think has been a really good thing. I, I played um, two years with the boys and then we started to have some other girls in that team. So we then I think it was my dad who decided to to have that girls team as well. And he he went to coach that that team. So a couple of two years with, with boys and then, then we started to have the girls team in Oulu. Oulu and Luistin yes, also. It's um it's it's a pretty familiar story actually because when we spoke with Paula, she said something similar. She was playing with the boys and then um her mother said, Oh, this isn't good enough. We need to get a girls team going. So her mother started a, a girls team. So it's 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 really fascinating that your parents have been so supportive of you guys and and you know like basically started clubs so that you can continue doing what you love it's it's really really fascinating um yeah i think in in when we get to 2004 you were you were around 18 years old and you moved to turku and started playing with sporting club raisio um was your move south purely for football reasons or did you move to study and then join a local football club no it was poorly poorly football reasons so uh at the time I played 
in the women's first division in in Oulu, and uh, I was I had been debuting in the youth national team with um, Finland under under 17s, under 19s, and um, yeah, I I knew that if if and when I actually want to put put uh, put some effort in in football, so I need to unfortunately leave Oulu to to go to some some city that has uh, a team at the highest level in in Assam Sarja at the time what, what what was it called the highest league in Finland so then it was Marco Saloranta coach was coaching SC Raisio at the time and and um, they needed a goalkeeper because Minna Meriluoto who quite many of you may be yeah. familiar went she used to play in Aceraisio and she went to FC United, Piatarsari. Mm. So Marco was calling, hey, we need a goalkeeper. I've seen your games in the uh, first division and in the youth national team. So would you be willing to, to move to Turku and play for Raisio? And I was right away, yes, yes, I want to do this. Like I was in the middle of, of high school in, in Oulu, so I needed to change the school to Turku and continue my high school, high school there. But yeah, it was a good times, good, good, good memories of that one year in, in Raisio. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, it really shows that you were committed to your, to your game to sort of pack your bags at such a young age and... Um, and yeah, head all that way. I mean, you couldn't really get further away, could you? From Oulu to Turku, it's um, yeah, there's not not too much further you could have gone and stayed in the country. So I mean, it's yeah. um, it really shows that you were pursuing that dream. Um, I think if there were some financial problems in Raisio, and around 2006 the club folded, but you were you then signed for for FC Honka in Espo, and it was there that you achieved a, a hat trick of Nystan Liga titles. Um, what can you tell us about this time in your career, and were you were you already thinking about moving abroad to play football at this time? Uh, I wouldn't say I was I, I was thinking about too much about going outside Finland because it was a of course first of all it was a big step from Oulu to Turku, like you said, mm. the other side of the country that felt such a long distance at at the time to be away from from your parents, your home for the first time. And then, uh, yeah, Marco Saloranda went, went to FC Honka to coach and um, he, he wanted some players to come with him, like, like myself. So I knew that, okay, Honka is a, is a bigger cup club in Finland. And like you said, Raisi already had some financial problems. So I thought I, I need to leave. I, I want to leave to play for for this big club in Finland and and actually to try to achieve uh, something else than just taking part of, of the games yeah. as it unfortunately was more more in in Raisio when we weren't at the at the top of the, the league at all top of the table so but yeah that was also that was very crucial times I would say now when I think about it in my career I mean at the same time 2007 I also played my first um, uh, match with the women's national team mm. and then I started to realize that okay I can actually 
I can actually do pretty well if if I want to put all all in and uh, yeah. if if I'm willing to do all that hard work and and sacrifice. So that was an important time. We we had such a good team in Honga those four years that I was there. Of course, Marco's role as a coach was was also very big. And during those four years, I I, I feel like I developed to a next level kind of in both as an athlete and as a person as well. I mean, I moved to Helsinki to the biggest city in Finland that I needed to take responsibility of myself and my what I what do I do also outside football I was graduated from the high school so that was the time that I I decided that I'm not gonna even think about any any studies or anything it's it's gonna be football that I'm gonna be focused from now on yeah wow it's it's it's, it's such a cool story and as I said yeah your four years in in Espo returned you a, a hat-trick of Nystan Liga titles. It's um, certainly something something cool to have in your, your trophy cabinet, but a move abroad certainly did come when you signed for Norwegian club Coltburn for the 2010 season. I think I'm correct in saying that you achieved two consecutive third-place top Serien finishes with the club. Um, was the move to the Norwegian Liga a noticeable step up for you after your years in Finland? It was, yeah. Uh, I was already 23 years old. I mean, I wasn't that young anymore. And I I or also heard some people saying like, yeah, you should leave and already bef- before that. But, you know, we had such a good team in, in Honka and mm-hmm. our trainings every day was was so good. So I, I felt I I didn't I didn't need to leave any earlier and I think that was a good point for me to leave then I was actually ready to take a big role in this club in in Norway and like I did and I was like kind of ready right away I mean never you're ready especially when you're only 23 but I mean I wasn't like a junior player who who tries to go to play outside in Finland and and let's see what's going to happen. I was like, I'm going to take this number one goalkeeper spot and I'm going to do everything that this this team will will do well. And yeah, like you said, we, we were third two times in a row, which was a, quite a big surprise because we, we were ranked at, I don't know, fifth, seventh, fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that. So that, that of course helped me for my next move which was Lillestrøm also in Norway the the even bigger club and then we ended up winning the Norwegian league in in 2012 with Lillestrøm so very very good good memories from Norway yeah that that 2012 season you um, as you said you 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 added a, a Norwegian top Serien title to your your three Finnish titles, and you conceded just seventeen league goals across a, a twenty two game season. You um, you must have felt that you developed as a goalkeeper from your your time in Norway, and um, and then a move to Sweden came in in twenty thirteen when you joined previous Damalsvenskan champions Turiso FF. Uh, the club were a major player in the women's game at that time and, and it features in the women's UEFA Champions League with you yourself being present on the bench for the 2014 final, which saw your club narrowly miss out using to losing to Germans Wolfsburg 4-3. Um, 
First of all, Dini, can I ask, was it an easy decision to move to Sweden? And did you feel that there, again, was the, the Dan Morris fence going to step up in terms of, of quality of the league? Yeah, definitely. It it was myself that I started to look for some other options after two very good year years in, in Lillestrøm. But I felt like Swedish league at the moment was one of the best, if not the best in the Europe at that time. Obviously, everyone knows Marta played there in Tureso, uh, Mekan Klingenberg, uh, Christian Press, other Brazilians and American and Swedish national team players. So I contacted Tureso by myself. I knew that they, they were doing well in the Champions League and uh, I, my contract was ending in Lillestrøm. And I, I felt that now it's a good time to take the next step. And yeah, yeah, I, I signed two years with with Tureso, but everyone know, knows what happens there. The the club got mm-hmm. bankrupt after five months, and yeah, luckily we we made it to the Champions League final, but unfortunately lost that one. But that was a very memorable five six months for sure. Yeah, as you said there, the um... The situation at Turiso was sadly, you know, that there was a there was a financial problem again, I believe, and and they had to withdraw their 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 status in Damalos Venskan and but it didn't personally hold you back after you were became a free agent because of that situation. You signed for Bayern Munich in Germany. I mean, that must have been an amazing feeling to join one of the powerhouse clubs of, of European football. I mean, for those who watch the men's game, Bayern Munich is obviously a household name and a club of some pedigree. And I also read that they've been at the forefront of the women's game in Germany, even before the DFB officially recognised women's football. Um, how was the women's team there when you joined in, in 2014? And how was the standard in Frauen Bundesliga compared to the leagues in the Nordic countries? Yeah, the, the team was quite new, to be fair. I mean... There was many of us new players in that season, 2014, 2015, and they were kind of building, building up something new, building, building a new team. And um, that Bayern wasn't that big name in women's football yet at the time. I mean, they didn't want, they hadn't won the Bundesliga since. 76 or or something like that so so they they didn't haven't done that well that that what they were hoping for and that's why they were recruiting new players and and yeah I was very lucky of course to to get a new team right right away after Tureso got bankrupt because obviously many players were in troubles they had long contracts and uh, and suddenly the club is saying that yeah you need to you all need to find a new club unfortunately and but yeah, I, w- I was lucky that Bayern was was actually already when I was still in Norway. They were showing some interest and wanting me to go there, and and then right away when when it was obvious that I need to leave, so they contacted me contacted me and right away of also I I wanted to go there. Uh, but yeah, it, the the team was like. I think no, no, no one knew what it's gonna be the first season because, yeah, of course we had many good, good new players, but still, 
Wolfsburg, uh, Frankfurt and Potsdam had been the, the clearly the best team in, in Bundesliga. And, and I think it was maybe for ourselves as well, a little bit surprised that we, we won the Bundesliga already at our, at the first season. <laughs> There's no, no guarantees that a team will gel together. Is there in that, in that first season, just because they're all top players? Yeah, it's, it's not, uh, it, it wasn't easy, of course, but I mean, uh, the, the style in Germany, I really like it, how, <clears throat> how they, how they wanted the team to feel as a family, like all the way from the beginning, from the preseason, it's, the, it's so obvious, like how you take the new players in and uh, the coaches encouraging everyone to be open to each other and like get to know your know your teammates outside the pitch as well and like we were having some long preseason training camps in in Austria for example and and spending a lot of time together like putting a lot of effort on that 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 this is going to be a team not just a group of players and i i really think that was one one key thing that that we we won the bundesliga already on the first season and then again next season for the second time. Yeah, when I um when I look back at your some of the photos of you in that in that Bayern Munich side, you've always got a big smile on your face and you're always there with your teammates, whatever you're whatever you're doing. It looks like, as you said, that the team spirit there was was something really special. And and as you said, you you became a, a and Bundesliga winner twice over. It was it's pretty pretty cool thing to again to hang in your trophy cabinet it's kind of filling up by now but um but yeah it's uh it's it's really nice I, I think you ended up playing over 50 games for for the uh, Bayern Munich and then after that you returned to Norway um you signed with Valer Valerenga the uh, Valerenga, yes. Valerenga, sorry the um the Oslo club had finished the previous season seventh in the league but in your first year you had the club improve on this by by one place and also achieved the quarter final in the cup um in your second season you added a league runners up silver medal and a cup runners up medal to your trophy cabinet and i think it's fair to say that despite these achievements you you may not have been playing as regularly as you as you would have liked was was that simply down to squad rotation from the coach at the time, or how do you reflect on that time in in Oslo? Yeah, that was a quite a big disappointment. Disappointing the whole first year. I mean, we had a big expectations as a as a club, and of course, me myself, I had a big expectations on what I want to bring into the team. And you know, I was a, of course a big signing for them and. Uh, had the pressure and uh, I wanted to fill fill out those people's expectations and of course my myself's expectation but but quite soon when the when the league started we didn't play good at all we we didn't win games I I wasn't happy with my own games and uh, then in the middle of the season I broke my arm actually it was our own captain who kicked Kicked oh. my arm broken in at the training, so that that year was just quite a big disappointment. And but still, I wanted to stay there for the next next year, and I wanted to show show everyone and sh- show myself and that I can do better. We can do so much better because I believed in that team. That was big big team in traditional 
club in in Norway yeah. who was who was putting effort on women's football finally so it was a good place to be and facilities were top nice stadium and everything was good so so I wanted to stay there but uh yeah then our go- other goalkeeper was having good good preseason and and the coach ended up playing her and uh, I can't blame the coach because the other, other goalkeeper played well and uh, we we started to win more games and um, yeah, like you said, that season we end up be, being the second. And but actually, I I haven't got that medal. I haven't got the cup gold medal. <laughs> you know, I left in the middle middle of the season to Everton. I got an interesting yeah call, call from Willie Kirks saying that they would need a goalkeeper. So so I decided to to leave at that time. But I thought this is a offer that I can't say no to. Yeah, so as you said, your your European tour continued, and then when you signed for Everton in the English Women's Super League, so was it an an easy decision to move to England? And did you need to adapt your game at all to suit the English style of play? It was quite easy decision in the end. I mean, of course, like I said, I was really uh, committed to to Bolleringa and our goals and. Uh, and showing everyone that we can do so much better than what the first season was. But then again, having the opportunity to play play in England in the, I mean, home of football and and in in the big club like Everton. So I thought I I can't can't say no to this. So yeah, the, this pretty soon I noticed that the English style and a way to way to live and breathe football is is definitely something else to to Scandinavia for example but I but I loved it from from the beginning right away I mean that's that's how it should be like everyone everyone are so passionate about football everyone have their their own uh, favorite team and and you stick with that no matter what your friends yeah. And say no matter even where you you play yourself. Like I mean, that was a surprise for me. I was pl- playing in Everton, and some of the girls were madly Liverpool supporters. I mean, <laughs> and I was like, what is this? But they were like, yeah, it's 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 something to- totally different. But I, I I love it. Yeah, you had you had some fantastic games for Everton, but one that must stick out as special for you is the the 1-0 win over City rivals Liverpool in the, the first ever WSL Merseyside derby to be played at Anfield. You um, you pulled off some amazing saves in that game. Can you can you tell us how it felt to be playing in a packed Anfield stadium, one of the world's most famous old stadiums, in one of the world's most famous derby games, and, and to come away with the win? How, how did that feel, Tinny? Yeah, that was definitely one of the best memories that I have from football, you could you could feel it already way weeks before the games when we knew that it's going to be at, played at the Anfield. Like it was something special for for the local players, of course. And mm. I tried to to kind of get get into that feeling and and to imagine what it feels what it means for them and of course it was a big thing for for our foreign players as well everyone knows Anfield Road Stadium like worldwide and 
And like you said, to, to win that game and keep a clean sheet was, of course, a, a, a dream come true. Well, many Everton might... goalkeepers do that in their career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think you made 11 appearances in your, your first season and the Toffees finished in the top six. The, um, the next season you were, you were sharing the goalkeeping duties with Sandy McIver. Um, how was the rivalry between you two and did you, did you push each other in training to become better keepers every, every single day when you were out there with Sandy on the training pitch? We did push each other, definitely. Uh, and I think that's, a, that's only a good thing. I mean, every, every goalkeeper should, should have that. I mean, that, that makes you to push, push to your li- limits and even more. And uh, that, person, personally, that's the way I like it, that it's, it's not obvious who is playing, that it's, you need to show it every single day at the trainings and at the games that you get. And uh, yeah, was was very good time. I I feel like I was I was I was being healthy and fit the whole whole season, even though I didn't play that much. But to have those good trainings every single t- day with a good squad that we had in Everton and very good goalkeeper coach Ian McCaldon. Neil Moore was there my first season, but then Ian McCaldon second year. So I learned a lot from those two guys. And like, I think that helped me in the national team games at, as, as well. And, and with this Euro campaign that we had, and that even though I wasn't playing that much in Everton, but still good trainings every day, quality, quality in your everyday. Yeah. Yes. Um, as you, as you said earlier, the, the goalkeepers' union is uh, is a really interesting dynamic. It's one that really interests me, and you you touched on it there with with Sandy at Everton, and then you also mentioned before the the three of you guys, Paula Muloya and, and Anna Taminen in in Helmut. I mean, is it is it truly a, a relationship of support, or is there some rivalry there? I mean, and how does how does the the dynamic at international level differ to the to the goalkeeper dynamic at club level? Can you see any difference there? There is difference for sure. I mean, in Helmarit, it is it is something different that I I personally haven't uh, had anywhere else. I mean, it's yeah, we are pushing each other, but still, it's like. I feel everyone knows their roles pretty well and and it's it's we are supporting each other so well and and everyone knows that that in in, in Helmarit we don't have that big names but you know the team spirit can actually be something that differs us from other top teams in in Europe so I need to say that it's it's the the supporting atmosphere in Helmarit that we have in in the whole whole team and especially among the goalkeepers, it's it's something that I'm I'm very grateful for and and haven't haven't had that anywhere else. Mm. So you um you Tinny, you're now at Tottenham Hotspur, having stayed in England. I mean, are you pleased to have stayed in England in the in the WSL after your seasons with Everton? And um, does it does it maybe kind of help to be based here in England ahead of Euro 2022, considering that it will be played here? Yeah, absolutely. 
my one, number one priority was to, to stay in England. I, I really liked the, the English style, like I said, living and breathing football and, and also the women's Super League is, is so good at the moment and it's getting only better and better with all these uh, financial helps from, from Sky and, and BBC, for example, these big TV deals. That helps the teams a lot to get more play, more good players, to get better facilities. Uh, so I, I absolutely wanted to stay here, and 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 not not the least because the Euros are here as well. So I I really I've noticed the 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 football fever that is that is here in the country. Yes, I, um, I was I was wondering, was there you've been in the UK a few years now, but when you came to move clubs, was there any any effects of Brexit for you? Obviously, you're already there, but but was that any anything that was ever mentioned? Because we've seen we've seen with some of the Finnish players moving to Scotland this year that it's it's sort of slowed them down, taking a bit of time to move. Yeah, definitely, it was good timing for me to come here before all this Brexit happened. I mean, now now it would be more more difficult. And that was also one reason I wanted to stay stay here because I thought if I leave now, it's it's gonna be impossible to to ever come back basically because of the Brexit. But but yeah, luckily for me it hasn't affected basically at any any way. Only in the summer I was having some issues and delays in my my pre-settled status that we all needed to, to apply to, to so that's why I I missed the first two weeks of our pre-season but 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 all good now that that was the only thing no it's in it's interesting you yeah. you hear these you hear these stories of in, in many different walks of life and somehow you just think that football will sort it out but it's still there's still a process that needs to be worked through yeah it's um you know, you guys are our heroes, but it's your job at the end of the day. So I guess you have to, that industry has to abide by the same rules as any other, any other industry, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, your, your, your Spurs side are, are currently sitting second in the league, level on points with your great rivals, Arsenal. You've, you've had four wins from four. So it's an exciting time for you to be at the club. Um you made your debut on the opening day of the season against Birmingham at, at the brand new Spurs Stadium. How how special was that for you, Tinny? And how was it to play in front of the fans in that that super modern stadium there at, at Tottenham Hotspur? It was such a nice day. I mean, the the stadium is fantastic. Like I wish I wish we could play there every single <laughs> game. It's it's probably the, the the nicest stadium I've ever played on. Uh, to get the fans back after a long season last season with with no fans at all there was almost 5000 people cheering for us getting getting my first match with with spurs and getting the win that that was a very very nice day for sure yeah how how into how integrated are the men's and women's teams at at Spurs, and this is kind of fresh in my mind. I'm, I'm, I tell everyone almost every show that I'm a Wimbledon fan. Back in the UK, I'm from the southwest part of London, and 
the the Wimbledon team have just appointed a media officer specifically for the women's team. And they've just opened their new stadium there. And there's talk that the women's team will come and play, if not all, then some of their games at the new Plough Lane Stadium. Um, I don't think that the teams are integrated so closely when it comes to training, but it, what, what about what about uh, uh, Tottenham Hotspur? Yeah, well, first of all, that sounds really nice with, with Wimbledon that you said. I, I hadn't heard about, about that, but that sounds very good. Mm. Uh, well, we are training at the same facilities, same, same Tottenham Hotspur training center, really good facilities. They're actually uh, building a whole new building for us, for the women's team with, with all the gyms and um, meeting wow. rooms and, and canteens and everything. Unfortunately, that not, that's not yet ready, but, but that's going to be so nice, I think. Uh, on, so on daily basis, we, we don't see each other. I mean, the women's team and the, the men's teams, they're a little bit on the other side of the big training ground that mm-hmm. there is. But yeah, just the fact that, that it's facilities, daily facilities are the same. Of course, our home stadium isn't unfortunately as, as nice as theirs, but, but still the Hive is, is nice, nice stadium and um, the pitch was, was very good, at least in the first game that we played there. But the training facilities is a is kind of you hear this sometimes from, from footballers that you know if there are bad training facilities. That's kind of where you do most of your work. You're there every day of the week. Going to a nice stadium to play is great, but you're only there yeah. once or twice, maybe once or twice a month. So having that is is something. It's a move, move in the right direction anyway. And the Hive isn't so old either, is it? No, it's it's I don't know how old it is, but it's it's definitely a good stadium. And mm. and I think some teams for the men's euros were training there so that mm. means that it's 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 a good level of quality definitely yeah i mean um as you said you know you guys at spurs ladies you you pay the majority of your home games at the hive and uh yeah i, I was there last weekend for your game against reading um i arrived nice and early with my kids and it, it was great to watch you warming up tinny with your your goalkeeper partner there rebecca spencer um on a personal note, I'd like to say a big thank you for how you took the time to to speak to my kids after the game. They were um, they were a little bit starstruck to be speaking to you as because they know how much of a of a legend you are. And um, huh. if I'm if I'm completely honest, I was a little bit starstruck as well. I, I hope my my mumblings in in broken Finnish weren't too <laughs> difficult for you to understand. No, my pleasure. No worries. It was very very nice to see a Finnish flag at the stadium and, and it was so nice to catch up with, with you guys. So thanks for coming. No, okay, um, you, you, this is the man that's held Tim Spav by the thigh and you were starstruck last week. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, well, I certainly was. It was, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, the way that, the way that all the, all the Spurs players interact with the crowd after, after the game was, was really fantastic, but yeah, it was, um, it was nice to, uh, to practice my Finnish language skills on um, on someone of such high status, and um, yeah, and I, 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 you you seem to know what I was talking about, Tinny. So it was um, it was really encouraging. Yeah, you spoke really good Finnish. I I was impressed. Yeah, oh, thank you, not, thank not you. The, not the easiest language in the world at all. Oh, 
But um, yeah, so just get, getting back to the football. I mean, yeah, the Hive, the Hive is, as you said, it's a fantastic stadium. There was a there was a really decent crowd at the Reading game, and and I would urge any any of our listeners who are able to get themselves along to a, a WSL game, or or anyone listening in Finland, get yourself along to a Kansalainen Liga game in Finland next season to support the continued growth of of the women's game. But but back to back to you, Tinny and, and Tottenham. Are you are you pushing Spencer in training and and hoping to? take that number one jersey from her anytime soon yeah definitely i mean i i knew what it's gonna be when i signed here like i knew that they have a good goalkeeper good and experienced goalkeeper here already but still they wanted to have me and uh and uh i knew that it's gonna be rotation this this year and uh, yeah i'm just focused keeping myself healthy keeping myself available for the team when whenever they they need me whenever the team needs me i i mean of course now we have started the season with four four wins peggy played really good game against man city for example so yeah. it's to- totally understandable that you don't change the goalkeeper at that point but but like i said i just we are having a really good relationship at the trainings and pushing each other and i mean it helps that we are both are experience and uh, we we know that everything can can change quickly so we both need to be need to stay ready and and when whenever we we are needed yeah i mean um we we certainly hope to see you uh, to grab that grab that jersey sometime soon but if we can um talk for a little while now just uh, about Helmut again you As you said, you 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 made your debut. I think it was around 2007, and and you've been pretty much first choice since 2009 when Finland hosted the Women's European Championships. Um, firstly, can you can you try to describe to us how it feels to play for your country and captain your country? And secondly, how fondly do you look back on those 2009 Euros and the the quarterfinal place that you you guys achieved? Yeah, well, if I start with the home euros 2009 probably the best memories so far that i have and uh, to to have that big tournament on, on, at home in finland and i was still quite young at that age at that at that time 23 so was a big thing for me also to to get known a little bit more and and Like I said, after that tournament or after that year, I I moved to Norway, so so it was a big thing for me and good good timing to to play well, so to said. Uh, and also to see the kind of the beginning of the growth in in media in Finland with the women's football. I mean and. Uh, And of course, it started already 2005 when they were in the Euros for the first time. But I mean, this probably this home home tournament made it even bigger. And uh, yeah, I think I can't even describe how big thing it is for me to get to represent Finland uh, because it's it's it is. The biggest thing for me, and and like especially when living outside Finland, it's it's so nice to get to the camps with the girls, get to speak some Finnish, and uh, like I said, our our Helmarit 
team spirit is is something totally different to any anything else and uh, it's it's i'm just so grateful that for all these years that i've been having a chance to to be in in that team yeah i think the um the strength of the current helmeret team is is there for everyone to see both physically mentally and as you said with the the team spirit it's it's that that's something that you guys should take immense credit for i mean all your all your hard work and, and and what you guys do has allowed lots of young girls to dream about what they can achieve in in football and and in life and when we talk about dreams tinny i mean when you were a little girl kicking a ball around in Ole, or did did you ever dream that you would be walking along the red carpet with your your partner Emily at the Presidential Palace for the Independence Day party? I mean, how was how was that experience back in 2015? Oh, that that was very very special evening, of course, and something that I absolutely never never ever thought I I would be doing, but such a big honor and such a big thing for for me and for all my my family and my partner's family of course uh, probably the biggest biggest honor that you can have in finland i mean yeah like the whole country watches that on tv you yeah. know who's coming through the door next it must have been i can just imagine your your family all gathered around the telly just to wait to watch you come come through the door and shake hands with the president that must have been so cool it was, yeah. I remember I played in in Germany at the time in Bayern Munich, and we actually had a game on that day. So of <laughs> course, first of first when I got the invitation, I was like, okay, I can't make it to the this this fine independence event because we have a game. But then I started to think about it like seriously. This is a once in a lifetime thing. This is something yeah. bigger than football and. Then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll ask our coach what, what he thinks. And I, I explained what this Independence Day, first of all, means to us. It's, yeah. it's different than to many other countries because we have actually been needed to, to fight for the independence. And, and it's still quite fresh. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. So I think our coach realized that in Bayern and, and I was asking like, what do you think? Like, of course, if you say no, we need you at the game. I will be here, no problem. But, but luckily, he he realized how big thing it was for me and my family, and 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 let let me go. And but but of course, I was a bit nervous at at there at the president's <laughs> palace and thinking about our game. But luckily, we won that game, so it, it I I didn't need to have any any regrets on that missing that game. I could just imagine you. Um pulling your mobile phone out of your clutch bag or something just to check <laughs> check the Bayern Munich score every five minutes when you're waiting to shake hands with the president of the Republic of Finland. That's kind of funny. But, no, um... I, I didn't do that, actually. I I, <laughs> I wanted to fully, fully focus and, and cons- concentrate on, on that final event. And then, then after, <laughs> afterwards, I, I checked the uh, yeah. <laughs> so what about dreams for the future? I mean, um, Helmut, it kicked off their World Cup qualifying campaign with a, a win over Slovakia, a game in which you guys looked really, really strong. I mean, um, how do you feel about your chances of qualification from a group that also contains Ireland, Georgia and, um, yeah, our old friends, Sweden? Yeah, and Slo- Slovakia. Yeah, it's a tough group for sure. 
of course, Sweden is number one favorite. But I mean, we weren't that lucky to get Republic of Ireland and, and Slovakia as well, because they're probably the toughest from ones from, from their parts. Mm. But yeah, it's gonna be gonna be tough. Like we saw already Sweden only won Slovakia one nil. We were struggling with Slovakia, but it's I think it's all about three points, this this um this group and it's uh, every single game is going to be important but absolutely we have a chance like uh, yeah it's almost easier to go as an underdogs i mean everyone is waiting for sweden to, to win clearly this this group and uh, and i mean we don't even need to win the group still being being number two would be really good to get get to the playoffs Yes, I think um, it's I think it's quite interesting to to feel the 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 buzz growing a little bit. Like we've we've started to do a little bit more focus on the women's game. There's so much football around that that trying for me to follow Wimbledon and Asikor and England and Finland, it, it's has my head spinning, but we're trying to focus a little bit more on on Helmerit for sure. Uh, and Keke's yeah. with his Instagram account is is highlighting things that are going on both for the national team and um, and the players overseas and also in the cancelling Liga as well. Um, I, I don't know, it feels like there's the momentum and buzz is going to build and, and you know, based on what the men did this summer, hopefully that that buzz picks up again for the for the Helmerit in in 2022 as well. I, I think it I think it will. The country likes to get behind its national teams when they're at these big competitions. Yeah, absolutely. And I need to say it's so good and important that guys like you are interested in, in female football and showing that it, it is very good entertainment and, and good quality as well, because it's it's we need more platforms to 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 get people realize that actually women also play good football. And so I wanna say thank to thank to you guys and and keep on keep on keep it up yeah okay. i think i think a lot of a lot of people you hear them saying that um you know women's women's football is not the same as men's football and people should stop comparing the two directly but one thing they like about the women's game is that it's more honest and people you know they they then the, the women are not rolling around holding you know holding their ankle when no one's touched them it's a it's a bit more like football should be yeah Definitely, it's 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 nice to hear that, and uh, I mean, it's it's so much about the facilities and like, I mean, yeah. if you watch women's game in a some poor stadium in a poor at poor pitches, like it can't even look good, even though, even though the level would be good. I mean, it's. It's so much about the facilities and it's it's so good and important that that has become better. So more and more people, like I said, they realize that, oh, actually, they do play a good football. It doesn't, yeah. have, it doesn't have to be the same kind of than men's football. Of course, physically, we're, we're not the same. It can't be the same, but it doesn't mean that it couldn't be still a good football and entertainment, mm. entertaining football. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you say there about bringing the the facilities up to up to an equal level, Tinny, and that brings us on to our last point. Our last point that 
you yourself are at the, the forefront for the quest for um, equal pay for Finnish international players. And you achieved this in, in 2019 when Palo Lito announced that Helmerit players would be paid the same as the Hukia players for, for representing Finland. I mean, how important was that for you in, in ensuring that men and women are treated as equals in, in football and society? What, how, was that, how does that achievement rank in, in, in what you've been doing throughout your life? Yeah, of course, that's that's something that I'm extremely proud of, and and obviously I wasn't wasn't alone there. We had a good captain's team in in Helmerit, uh, who were all all behind this, and yeah, it is a big thing. Uh, for me personally, it was I was struggling a bit because I, my my nature is like don't complain just be happy what you have and like focus on your sports and that's kind of how i'm i'm raised and uh, how i'm like what's my attitude is but then at some point yeah. i realized okay this is a fight that we need to do also for the future generations we don't do it just for ourselves and just for this team not this is not for me this is something that someone needs to do and okay now Someone decided that it's our turn. We need to do it right now, right here. And then it then it was easy that that we all got committed to it as a team, as a captain group. Like and of course the help that we got from Hukat players, Tim Spar, for example, and mm-hmm. they were raising their voices and saying, like, yes, woman should get the same than, than we are. So that was a big thing and, and forever grateful for them for that. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's kudos to you guys for, for fighting that fight. And also, as you said, to, to Tim Sparvan, the Hukiat players who who um, who backed you. And also, we have to say kudos to Palo Lito for, for realising that it's it's a move they needed to make. I mean, um Palo Lito has gone gone another step and and rebranded the the Nystan Liga to be called Kansalainen Liga, thus removing the the gender based prefix for the league. I mean, um, was this also an Im- important step in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. Hats hats off for Palo Lito. I mean, they have been doing some really good work lately, and and important work that has been noticed outside outside the Finland as well. And uh, yeah, it's important that that we are all in this together. That we are showing we are one family, one Finnish football family, and uh, everyone are are important. Yes. Um. So you 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 kind of I guess your you said your nature was not really to um to fight those fights or just to to sort of be happy with your lot. But I think um. We, we we have to mention that as well as your achievements on the pitch, I, I need to say congratulations to you and your your election to the board of the the Football Players Association of Finland. For yeah, you um, you really are the, the the flag waver now. I mean, um, what does what does your role on the board entail? And is this a another way for you to ensure that women and girls are are not underrepresented when we're talking about football in in Finland? Yeah, definitely. That's. That's one of my goals and why I decided to 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 say yes to this challenge and um, I mean it's it's and it's not just women and girls it's it's 
football player in general in Finland, like how we could raise the awareness and the uh, respect in in uh, in the society generally. How do how to get people uh, realize that playing a football is a is a job as well as any other yeah. jobs and and we have a lot of work to do on on that so i i was absolutely honored to to be asked for this for this uh, new new challenge oh good good luck with all your all your work over there and um yeah we've 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 kept you for quite a while tinny but we just want to say you know a huge huge thank you for you taking the time to to speak to us and and also thank you for your continued efforts and your outstanding performances for the the Finnish national team you you really are a role model for for any young girls who want to follow their dream of playing football at the highest level it's um it's amazing what you what you've achieved so far and what you continue to achieve and and what we're we're absolutely sure you'll go on to achieve in the future i mean all of us myself and mark and the rest of us at the Finnish football show really look forward to cheering on the Helmut in the games later this month against Georgia and Ireland and we're really excited to see who we draw in the Euro finals next summer and um, yeah after after that damn covid made us miss out on some traveling um, last year I'm 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 personally quite pleased that the finals are here in England so I'll definitely be getting my tickets <laughs> and coming along to some stadiums to to cheer you guys on so kiitos tinni it's been absolutely fantastic to speak to you today Kiitos. Thank, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Tinny. This was my pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. So, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll speak to you on another Finnish football show soon.